Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith, while build a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Joining me today is Marie White. Marie is the author of seven books, including the award-winning number one bestseller, Strength for Parents of Missing Children, Surviving Divorce, Abduction, Runaways, and Foster Care. She's also a TEDx speaker. She's a non-denominational Christian missionary, a traveler, entrepreneur, and reaches over half a million viewers through her YouTube channel, Bible Stories for Adults. She owns, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly, Zami's Press, a book publishing company, and she encourages people from all walks of life, experiencing a variety of struggles, to know that there is hope. Now on today's show, Marie is going to share from stay-at-home mom to inspiring half a million. She's going to talk about the power of habit when you're going through a crisis, as well as staying sane when your life turns upside down. So welcome to the show, Marie. Thank you for having me. It's a lovely show. I love it. Look, I'm just really pleased that you are here today. You're going to be talking about uh, new technology. Um, obviously, you are impacting so many people all over the world with your message and certainly going to, to share how um, that is so. But just take us back to the time when you ha- were just starting this. Was it something that you'd always foreseen or did you fall into that? Tell us what was happening back then. Well, before I started becoming an entrepreneur, it was really a matter of, you know, following the passion that I really felt like God put on my heart. And that was to share the message of his hope and love through my books. But as I was doing that, and I started coming on different people's shows, that's when I started going, okay, who's, who's the host I'm going to be being interviewed by? So let me look at what their background is. Let me look at what books they have. And as I started to look at what their books were, and I would go on Amazon and see there was no look inside, the covers were not appealing, the description was not great, I would get off the show and start talking with them about their book. And that kind of snowballed into starting a publishing business where I started helping people get their message out there in a better way than was really being advertised by the big publishing companies. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. It's it's uh, interesting the opportunities that are out there often right in front of us, yet how often, because we're rushing from one thing to the next and we're not still, uh, we completely miss that. So I love that you have shared yes. that for sure. And I pronounced it correctly, didn't it? Zamis. I love that. Tell yes. us, how did you come up with that name? What What's the meaning behind that? <laughs> Well, I wish there was some, you know, ultra spiritual, awesome reason behind it. There was a movie in the 80s called Enemy Mine. Mm -hmm. 
And in that movie, the little boy, the little alien boy was named Zamis. And I loved that name and thought, you know, someday I'd like to name my children Zamis. And my husband was like, we're not naming our children Zamis. <laughs> so when I went to build a business, I knew, I looked around, but I knew that name was not going to be a name that I needed to worry about. Was yeah. it copyrighted already, trademarked? It was nowhere and it was perfect. Yeah, amazing. I love that. You knew you were going to get that in some way or another. Something That's that you right. had uh, was names of these. I love that. So let's talk about from stay-at-home mom to inspiring half a million people. You know, often when we look at the influence and the impact that we want to make and the audience and the amount of people, you know, thinking about half a million, that is a lot of, of people. How did that, how was that progression? I mean, obviously it's been a number of years, but take us back. How did you go from stay-at-home mum to now inspiring that many people? Well, it, it's one of those journeys that only God can write because um, I was a stay-at-home mom. And then um, four years ago, our toddler was abducted. Wow. And when that happened, you know, life turned upside down. Mm. And, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, it was my life to be with my children, and one of them was gone. Yeah. And it wasn't like the movies. It wasn't where you, you fall to the floor and you faint or you, you just are sobbing. You're a mom. You're in fight-or-flight mode. You yes. know, do I run in the street searching for them? Or do I stay at home waiting by the window? Do I use the phone? Do I not? You're in panic mode. And once God came and walked us through that mm -hmm. and held us up during it, about four to six months in, I really started calling out to him going, okay, Lord, you've allowed this to happen. Mm. At any point, you could have stopped it. Um, you did not. So what is the purpose behind this? And what am I supposed to do mm. with this pain? Because it's just overwhelming. And I really felt like his instruction to me was to start a YouTube channel with an idea I'd had for two hours or for two years mm. uh, in the shower because as a mom, you know, your, your greatest ideas come in the shower because that's the only time you have to yourself. And mm. so, um, an idea of starting this, you know, YouTube channel of called Bible stories for adults, yeah. teaching new adult believers, the Bible from Genesis to revelation in short two to four minute videos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So someone comes to Christ at 50, they show up to the church, and the pastor says, you know, just like Abraham. And they're going, who's Abraham? Yes. And so I ended up starting that and beginning with, you know, you, you put a video out and they were bad. I mean, I had to learn technology. My kids were laughing at me. Mom, you don't even know how to take videos on your phone. <laughs> and doing that sort of thing and going out of my comfort zone, learning how to use YouTube, how to edit videos, how to mix sound. The beginning ones were bad. Yeah. And I'm shaking and it, who knew what was going to come out of it, but putting those out there and going to bed at night and waking up and going, oh, 10 people watch my videos. Mm. And then weeks later, you know, a oh, hundred people when I was asleep, a hundred people watch my videos. And now to go into sleep and waking up and a hundred thousand have watched the videos. Yeah. Amazing. So how, how many years have you been um, creating these videos on your YouTube channel? Only three and a half years. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible, isn't it? When, and we're going to talk about, um, you know, the power of habit, I mean, uh, around uh, a crisis, but I think a power of habit when you're thinking about building a business. And of course, in your instance, you were getting this message out 
And, you know, so often when we look at the smaller numbers, we can get disappointed, disillusioned, discouraged, and then end up not doing anything. So what were some of the things that you did that enabled you to consistently get out there, even though, as you said, some of those beginning videos, you looked at them and thought, oh, no, but you just kept on producing. So what were some of the things that, that you were doing and then maybe even saying to yourself, got to get this content out? Well, I think a big part of it was the message had to go out. Mm. It had to be there. There was nothing like this out there. There was nothing available for people to have. And even though I knew the messenger wasn't the perfect messenger, I knew it was God's message to get people you know, inspired and to get them educated about the Bible. And it didn't have to be perfect. Mm. And one of the things that the power of habit really teaches you is to do things consistently and to, if you know, if you're getting up every morning and going, okay, today I'm going to record three videos, then eventually, after you've done that day after day after day, it becomes a routine and a habit that then allows you to put out tons of content. Mm -hmm. That in the beginning, three videos was monumental, and at the end, you might do 12 a day. Yes. yes. So building that routine, getting that habit, makes things less stressful. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the same thing with... You know, you can't sit in front of a computer, building your social media brand, podcasting, writing, any of those things without having the habit of also being outside and getting exercise. Yeah. If you don't do those things, your body really just deteriorates and you're not as productive. So those are also habits that you want to put in there no matter what you're doing. Mm, yeah, so key. So let's talk about the power of habit when you're going through a crisis. And of course, earlier you mentioned that, uh, you know, the abduction of one of your children. I mean, as a parent, I cannot imagine what would have been going through your mind. And it just would be a horrendous, traumatic thing for someone to experience. So you wanted to talk about, you know, some of the things that you did to um, just keep going. So what were some of those things? Well, I really think, and I think most of your listeners will understand this, that you know, God prepares us for the things that we're gonna face. Mm. He doesn't prepare us you know, supernaturally, like we're like, oh, you know, I, now I'm Superman and I can handle this. It's not like that, but he allows things in your life to prepare you for that. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that he prepared, allowed for us is that we had been foster parents for many years and we had taken in a lot of tra traumatized children. So very quickly within the first couple of days, I realized we are going through trauma. Mm. What things had we already learned when we were parenting traumatized foster children that we could then apply to us and to our children Yes. to help us get through. And then I knew where to go to look for answers also online and found things like eating a banana a day. Mm. It, it's a natural mood booster. It's a superfood. It actually, um, helps you to increase your mood to get better so that you're able to handle some of the stuff that you that you're faced with yes and getting up in the morning and trying to survive when you're going through an abduction a kidnapping a runaway any of the things that people go through um it, that's a speed in itself mm -hmm. so eating a banana a day forcing myself to get 20 minutes to 30 minutes of sunshine every day usually i did that with a walk with by myself or with my husband or with a friend and you don't want to do that. You really don't want to leave your house. You don't want to leave your computer. You don't want to leave your phone. You don't want to leave any of those things. Even though we have mobile phones that we take with us, mm -hmm. you feel like I should be waiting at the house. I should be waiting at the house, but your mind can go crazy. And so you have to get out just so that, you know, God can speak to you so that you can have some sunshine. You can have some fresh air. 
and you can meet the day because it really, it, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it is. And, you know, something else that you, you can really speak into is, you know, saying same in your life turns upside down. And I think often as parents and, and even, um, you know, as part of a family, when we do go through a crisis, not only are we having to monitor and manage ourselves, we also have to be there for other people. And for many of us, you know, we either operating a business or for some people who may be experiencing a, a, a crisis now have to go to work. So there's a lot of other external obligations and that you're trying to manage yourself and just get up sometimes. So what are some things that you did and some insights you can share for others that may be going through a similar experience? Well, it's amazing how many people end up having the same type of experience with different scenarios. Mm. So it's not just, you know, just because we, this has been our trial, somebody else could be going through a bankruptcy, mm -hmm. a divorce, uh, a business imploding, um, you know, starting a new chapter in life, going through a stroke. There's so many things that cause the same turning upside down of your life. Yeah. And so um, a big part of that for me, I put notes around my house. I really had to be able to walk into a room what I felt like the world was just falling in on me and walk into the kitchen and see a note that said, you know, a Bible verse, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. Mm -hmm. Something like that, that you would walk in the room and kind of go, okay, mm -hmm. like breathe. And there were so many verses or, you know, Christian books that I would just be just devouring them, trying to find an answer to how to continue going on. And the words would just pop out of the page. I would write them down and have sticky notes all over my house, mm -hmm. in my car, in the bathroom, on the mirror, in the kitchen, everywhere, because I needed that daily reminder, that moment by moment reminder that it was going to be okay, yes. that God was going to hold us up. And like you said, you still have other children. You still have work. You still have other things that have to happen. Life doesn't stop when your crisis comes. And so the notes were a really big one for me. Friends that would text or call or email or send a note that just said, you know, I'm praying for you. Mm -hmm. Or someone saying, you know, at midnight I would wake up and there would be a text from somebody who else, else who was also up at midnight saying, I was woken up and I, I prayed for you and for your child. Mm. Oh my gosh. Like that was the weight of the world lifted off your shoulders for just a minute. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting um, and, and beautiful that people surrounded you with love and, and support. You know, sometimes as uh, external people looking in, it can be so difficult to know what can I do? We don't want to um, overstep the mark. So what were some of the insights that you what, observed but also felt through the support that you gave or received, obviously, from people who gave that to you, that you can impart on others who may be listening and watching today and, and know that someone close to them has gone through and, and continues to, to face a real crisis? What are some things that um, you appreciated? And maybe also, too, some advices to not to do, because often... We can be well-meaning, but it actually does more damage than, than good, sadly. So what are some of those things? Well, I'll start with the ones not to say because they're funnier. So I'll go with those, <laughs> and then we'll move to the ones to say. So yes. we'll do it a little bit backwards yeah. because we've all done them. Mm. We've all said the faux pas that you know nobody should say. Um, one of the ones for us was... Um, someone who came to us and said, within the first couple of weeks, your child's not coming home. You just need to get over this. Mm 
joking. And it, it was so awful. And it was at church. It was so awful that someone would say this. But in that moment, I tell you, God just really just filled me with his Holy Spirit and let me see what that person's heart was. Mm -hmm. And instead of just standing there with my mouth agape and just going, what did you just say? I saw what they were really saying. Mm. This person was saying, it is hurting me to see you hurting and hoping. Mm. Please stop hoping mm. so mm. that you'll stop hurting and I can stop hurting. And so I just kind of let it, you know, okay, and just let it go. And that person became one of our biggest supporters. Mm. I mean, to this day, that person is on their knees praying daily for our child to be returned. Yeah. But in that moment, they said the worst thing you could possibly say to anybody. But we say that. Yeah. I, people also will say, well, do you have other children? Kind of like, well, do you have, it's not so bad if you have other children. There's no... It doesn't work like no, that. No, no. Okay. Or, or in a crisis, well, it's God's will. It's seriously, you know. Right. <laughs> that doesn't help. Don't say those things. But we all do it. Yeah. And I think when you're going through a crisis, you also have to have a measure of grace that you extend to others. Mm -hmm. Because I've been the same person that someone told me, you know, at a funeral, um, you know, my, my son or somebody took his life. And um, someone came up to me and asked, well, was he a believer? Mm. And I'm thinking, that's something I would say. I probably have said to someone. And she goes, it hurts so bad because he wasn't. Yeah. And that just opened that up a million times worse. And I thought, oh, my gosh, how often have I said something dumb like that? Mm. Not even We really thinking. have to have a, um, a buffer, don't we, before you say something. Right. And that in those are the moments that we just say we're thinking and we're praying for you. And we're yeah. here. Let us know wherever and however we can help. We are here. Please don't be, yeah. you know, hesitant to ask. Keep it so just on the support um, because often people are just on the edge, aren't they? And silly comments, yeah. unthoughtful comments <laughs> like that, um, when sometimes we do mean the best, can uh, yeah. certainly um, be something that completely starts a different cycle, doesn't it? Um, for for well, sure. Well, and I see that the there's a similar trend with both of those questions. With mm. the um, the one where the the young man had died, asking, "Was he a believer?" The person asking is trying to find some hope in the situation. Yes. And the person asking, "Do you have other children?" is asking me the same question. Is there some reason for you to go on? Is there some hope in your situation? Yes. But as the receiver. We're just like, oh my gosh, like, what does that matter? Yeah. Again, it's a measure of grace on both sides. Yeah. Because literally is. the same week that someone, that, that same person, you know, said, um, you know, to give up hope, another person came up to me and said, your child's coming home, mm. you know, don't worry about it. And I wanted to scream at them. How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I was like, oh, you yeah. know what? <laughs> no matter what anyone says. I'm falling apart inside and I'm probably going to take it wrong. Yeah, yeah. And such a great lesson for all of us that, you know, in, in the grief and, um, and what we're going through, often what we all find, goodness gracious, this is... <laughs> You're very popular today. <laughs> I normally put it on, um, on Do Not Disturb, but because I had all of that lovely technical issues this morning, yeah. I forgot all about it. But what I was going to say was, you know, so often 
as individuals when when we're going through when i say individuals and families are going through grief what can often be uh, from the outsider's point of view we want to try and help them in their healing and going through you know the grief and and trauma but people have to go experience it no matter what we say or what we do nothing will ever bear the load and in instances like that that is when sometimes just a hand on the shoulder or a hug or that look that, you know, um, we love you and we're here no matter what. And so sometimes words don't even need to be expressed, I think. But talk about some of the practical things. What were some of the things that people did do that you found so helpful? You know, the best thing that we ever had was, well, a couple of things. We had people that, um, and we organized it. It wasn't you know, other people always organizing it. We organized it. We said, you know, we're going to have a prayer day at our house. You know, does anybody want to come, you know, from six to eight tonight or whatever, and we'll pray. And that felt really awkward mm. to ask that. But when the people came, I mean, God was just there in the midst. It was beautiful. It became like a regular thing. Yes. Our church went through a revival as they walked us through this. Wow. It was just amazing. So God has used it um, infinitely. But also those, the prayers, the text the emails, the notes, anything that just says you are not in this alone. Mm. Yeah. And I really think that applies to so many things people go through. We just want to know somebody else is there with us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think um, one of the things that I heard from someone just recently, actually, is that sometimes, and it depends on who we are and how we cope with grief and, and with a crisis, and there's a whole lot of mix, mixtures of, of emotions in there, isn't it? One day you might feel good and the next you, you're just back down into to, to the grief and, and loss and it's a, an ongoing cycle. However, mm -hmm. often what we will do is we will put on a front, that, that face, you know, the smile. And I think what we need to be reminded of when we're outside that is that sometimes that facade, there's a whole lot of pain beneath that. So, and, and it could go on for a while. And so did you find that even months later that you still were receiving cards and, and letters just for people to, to continue to, to let you know that they were praying for you? Was that happening? Is that helpful? Um, speak yes. a little bit about that. Because time, end. yeah, no. It really yeah. doesn't. I mean, it's been four years and I still want to cry every day. Yeah. And it's by the grace of God that I know now how to handle the grief and how mm -hmm. to handle those times when it becomes tough. But it, it is those, those continued people that continue to pray. They continue to say, I am still standing beside you. Even yeah. just a text prayed for you today, thinking of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes for any of us, that is the difference between a day when you don't think you can continue breathing and a day when you can take on the world. Yes. It's amazing what someone's saying, they're thinking about you, they're praying for you can do. And honestly, there have been times when I have said, and I even put on my social media sometimes, you know, mm. I just really, you know, it's a hard day. I could really use prayer. Mm. And to watch people, you know, they're off, you know, the, the computer or whatever, go to bed that night, have a wonderful night's sleep, wake up refreshed and ready and just feeling like you're glowing and wake up and turn on the computer and see that hundreds of people have lifted you up in prayer. Mm. And you're like, I knew it. I knew because I felt it. Yeah. You just can't beat that. Mm. 
when God's people pray. Yeah, so, so true. And practical help is very important too, isn't it? Helping around the home, meals, all of those things. So often we can take it for granted, but just one meal or, or something like that can make such a huge yeah. difference too, yes? It makes a huge, and people that offer to come and, you know, take our other kids to events that they were, you know, if they were in a band or doing something like that, oh, I'll take the kids today. It was one less thing that your mind had to tackle at a time when you were, you know, barely capable of putting on your socks, let alone ferrying everybody everywhere and getting everything in order. The meals, you know, even just a couple of meals or one meal, you know, once a month somebody showed up with something, it was one less thing. Yes to worry about and stress over, it meant the world. Mm. People have no idea the little acts that we do that impact people's lives forever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing this. I think it's gonna be so helpful for many, uh, for people who are experiencing a crisis and also for people who are supporting those loved ones around them. And just a, a reminder that, you know, upholding people in prayer and uh, letting them know that we're holding them in, in prayer can make such a difference. Share a little bit more, Marie, about the work that you do and how people can connect with you. Well, um, as you said, I do have a YouTube channel. I also have a podcast, though not as great as yours, I have to say, yours is amazing. Um, and I do have uh, a publishing company, which is you know, what God t takes you through, going from stay-at-home mom to having a very successful publishing company. Wow working with some of the most amazing authors. I have Mrs. California has her second book coming out, um, Abe Cruz, some wonderful people um, in LA. I just work with the most amazing authors. And who would have known? Yeah. Little stay-at-home mom would be able to create this, this uh, business empire, which has been amazing. Yes. And um, people can connect with me at any time at mariewhiteauthor.com. And actually, for your listeners, they can actually get a free copy of one of my books on there. Oh, if they go on to Marie White, spell like the color, W-H-I-T-E, author.com, they can get a free copy of Changing Your Life in Just 10 Days. Wow. So all of my information is right there. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so very much um, for that generous offer. And, and certainly, I think everyone will certainly go there. And then writing a book and podcast is a, a, a wonderful um, way to get your message across. And, and as you're sharing your message, whether it be via a book, a podcast, or your beautiful YouTube channel, I'm sure it never ceases to amaze you when people connect with you and they say, I just needed to hear that. Oh, that was such an inspiring message. Thank you for sharing that. To think that something that you created or, or helped create if you're interviewing someone else can make such a big difference to someone's life. Um, that's probably something that you get to experience every day and probably one of the reasons why you continue to do that. Would you say that's true? Absolutely, and you know it because you, I'm sure you get the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's when you wonder, you know, am I on the right path, Lord? Is this where you want me to be? And then someone writes in and says, you know, I'm dyslexic, I can't read the Bible, but I have listened to your videos over and over again and I feel like I know it. Yeah. Beautiful. Marie, one of the things that I do for all of my guests at the end of the show is just to finish with a word of prayer. May I do that for you today? Absolutely. All right, let's pray. 
Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak with Marie today. And Lord, um, that you shared her story and her insights around the event that uh, occurred in the abduction of her child. Father, we just want to uphold Marie and her family in prayers. No matter how many years has passed, Lord, when we think of what she's experienced, um, if it had not been for you, Lord, and for your grace and for your compassion and your love and your strength in times where, you know, if we're going through something that is so traumatic and a crisis, Lord. Uh, we're thankful that we don't have to go it alone, no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance, and no matter what challenge. And we just want to thank you for enveloping Marie with your love and uh, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, just continue to bless the work that she's doing, um, for the authors that she's working, the YouTube channel that she has, and for her message on her podcast too, that that continues to inspire and empower people. Father, we just ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much Woo. for coming on the show. It was uh, fabulous having you and, uh, you know, continued uh, success with, with all of the business adventures that you have and the, the millions of people that you will continue to impact through your YouTube channel. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklists to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.